Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg with I Work For Him. I want to thank you for tuning in today. We've got a special treat for you. Martha and I were recently interviewed on the Intersection podcast with Jack Clem and Ben Armstrong, and we wanted to share that interview with you, our I Work For Him podcast listeners. Make sure you check us out online, iworkforhim.com. It's iwork, the number four, him.com, and join the I Work For Him nation. Here's our interview. Well, today we want to welcome Jim and Martha Brangenberg to our podcast I got to know Jim and Martha during my days when I was in uh, Clearwater, Florida, and they are the founders, the hosts, the creators of the I Work For Him ministry, and uh, the mission of that ministry is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field, and their I Work For Him podcast is dedicated to encouraging, empowering, and illustrating how to do all of this. So Jim and Martha, welcome to The Intersection. Well, thanks, Jack. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. You can tell I read your website. <laughs> Good thing it's the truth. <laughs> uh, I, I knew it was true, and uh, it's it's obviously being lived out by the both of you. So anyway, well, let's just tell a, a little bit about the history of our relationship. I met you guys in Clearwater, Florida, and I think, uh, Martha, I met you one time when we were at Carabas. Is that right? Do I have that right? Yeah, I think we did lunch at Carabas. Who wouldn't? Why not? I know. I miss lunches at Carabas these days. But anyway, it was Jay Lippy who introduced me to you, brought me along to a uh, radio program that you were hosting him. I came along and um, you asked me a few questions and, and then we became friends and then you just jumped right into the work that I was trying to do at Clearwater Christian College. Is trying, that trying to save a phenomenal college <laughs> in uh, Clearwater, Florida. It was, uh, it was great. I, I loved working alongside you. You, uh, well, you know, I often think about the two of you and how you just sort of helped me build a network with the Faith Work Business Network in Tampa Bay. Uh, you prayed for me many times. I remember that always being so encouraging. You encouraged me. You leveraged that radio program you had to promote the college. You took an intern. Did you take more than one or just took two? Mm-hmm. Took two. Yeah. And that was, that was a good experience, right? Absolutely. We still are in touch with both of them. Oh, that's awesome. And then I think the most important thing that you helped me do was see the synergy between faith and work. Because here I was coming to a, a Christian liberal arts college, and up to that point, I'd always been involved in a seminary or a Bible college. And now I'm working with students who don't necessarily want to go into ministry. And you helped me to see how I could communicate to them and show them that work is their ministry. Mm. And that was really, really helpful. And then, of course, you just brought me along into the network of the Tampa Bay, um, you know, Christian Businessmen's Fellowship and Christian uh, Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. That's right. C3TV.org. I know. Well, (laughs) we got to, we got to bring Ben into this conversation a little bit too. He's here uh, co-hosting with me as always, and he does a great job setting up all this work, but, but I've told Ben a little bit about uh, the two of you and just uh, kind of, um, you know, introduced him to you so that he, becomes your friend as well as you become his friend. And um, uh, Ben, of course, went to a Christian liberal arts college in Greenville. We won't name it, but... uh, The unmentionable. (laughs) Bob Jones University, the Clearwater rival. (laughs) You guys were so liberal compared to Bob Jones. Oh, come on. (laughs) Okay, okay, all this collegiate talk. 
Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, hey, Jim and Martha, introduce us and our listeners to the I Work For Him ministry. I see lots of new initiatives on your website. So give us an update. You know, you went from radio to podcasting from Tampa to Fort Myers. So give it to us. Tell us. All right. So I Work For Him really came about because of my story. Uh, I was one of those guys that uh, actually Martha and I both committed our lives to full-time Christian ministry as 13-year-olds, same night, same place, San Diego State University, July 13, 1979 at a youth conference, three years before we would even meet. But we committed ourselves to full-time Christian ministry, which naturally meant after we met and dated and got married that after we got out of our four-year college, we enrolled in seminary because we made this commitment to full-time Christian ministry, and we thought, well, that naturally means that we need to go be working in a church. And that began a 20-year journey of us as entrepreneurs running an insurance agency and a used car dealership uh, of understanding that our our work really mattered to God. By the time we turned 40, it was the first time I'd ever heard that my work mattered to God. Because as a 22-year-old, 22-year-old couple, we were mentored by a couple of uh, deacons or trustees of our church that said, business is business and church is church, and they have nothing to do with each other. So just make a lot of money, give it to the church, and maybe you could serve on a committee one day. And, I, and again, growing up in the church and having a drug problem in the church, you know, because we got drugs Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night to church, uh, we were really told that, hey, it's kind of a two-tiered. The kingdom's got two tiers. You got pastors and missionaries, and you got everybody else. So if you really want to make an impact in the kingdom, you got to be a pastor or a missionary. Uh, otherwise, you're just everybody else. So the journey to I work for him, I got introduced to the fact that faith and work were supposed to be interconnected as a 40-year-old. And in 2013, I'm I'm making the story short because Martha otherwise would elbow me. 2013, I was speaking to the group right before we launched the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay. And I said, here's five ways to incorporate your faith into your work. Because for crying out loud, Christian business people are the most embarrassing people in the marketplace. When somebody says, hey, I'm a Christian, you should do business with me. People run the other direction like, ah, because, because, it is so embarrassing. And I sat down in the room next to the only person I didn't know, and she happened to own a Christian talk radio uh, station, and she goes, Jim, you need to talk about that on the radio. So that's how I got started. Okay. Well, when you did that, uh, you were just like once a week, wasn't it? That's correct. Uh, just one night a week, Friday, uh, Monday night at 5 o'clock. We did that for the first 15 months, just me. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and, and then it, it morphed into growing into five days a week. Yeah, I remember when you uh, made that transition to the to the weekly thing. I went from that one day, then I think you were doing a couple days, mm-hmm. and then you went the whole week. Yeah. That's right. I happened to be part of uh, that conversation a little bit with you. So that's well. I noticed a couple of new initiatives on the I Work for Him website. So tell us about that. I, I saw I retire for him. She works for him. Yes. What's going on? Well, it's um, over the years, God has really revealed some things to us. And um, let me start by saying he's always told us, don't reinvent the wheel. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of boots on the ground, a lot of people who I am stirring to do things, but to be the the mouthpiece, to be the voice, to um, lift up what God is doing all over the place. But a couple of things that we have seen is that um, living in Florida, we are surrounded by retirees. And um, in the in the conversation that happens within the American dream and the church, for some reason, retirees take all their years of experience, all their wisdom, they put it on a shelf, and they go hang out with their peers, and don't aren't really given an open door to make impact 
or encouraged to do that in any way. So we've seen a real gap there and needing to have this conversation with connecting their faith and their work, which happens to be retirement. They may have financial retirement, but God's not done with them. So continuing that conversation in the retiree crowd. And then the other one is the she works for him. And in this whole conversation with connecting our faith and our work, we have seen a um, a, a missing element of really speaking into the working woman, the Christian working woman. And we all know that the majority of the workforce is women and um, not not a major majority, but it's more than half, you 55%. know, somewhere about 55%. And so um, speaking into the Christian working woman and saying, um, you know, God equipped you to be this amazing, whatever you are, you know, whatever their role is in work from a stay-at-home mom, which is <laughs> a lot of work. It's a job And it is I don't an want. amazing opportunity. Um, you know, some people will say all the way to the boardroom or whatever, whatever role a woman has, a Christian working woman, speaking into them, speaking truth about their work and about how God created them and, um, and the misnomer of the, of Proverbs 31 and really embracing who God created them to be. So, um, so we just really have, um, kind of given those conversations, um, some focus and, Mm -hmm. uh, there will be some books coming out. Um, sometime soon, so people can keep watching our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. That's right. And those should be releasing sometime yet in 2020. Jack, you'll find this funny as an academic and somebody that is way smarter than me. You know, I, I, I'm sure I've told you this many times. You're know, like, I'm not going to write a book. Everybody says, Jim, you need to write a book. I'm like, I'm not going to write a book till God tells me to write a book. Well, Jack, this year we wrote a trilogy. Oh, is that right? Yeah. We got three different books coming out. They'll all come out uh, around Christmas time. Well, that's amazing. I mean, congratulations. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, I know that both of you are readers. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Martha, you ran the Christian bookstore That's at right. your local church there for a while. And and um, you often on the show will, or on the podcast, will feature some authors and work your way through books. That is, do I have that right? Do I mm-hmm. recall that correctly? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and um, just to that point, I mean, God is just really stirring, you know, this same giving a lot of people um, the opportunity to share either their story or what God's been revealing to them in this space. And so we get the opportunity to share that with our listeners. We try to find books, Jack, we've really tried to refine our mission. And that's really what we're working on right now. We're not not on the radio right now. We came off in the middle of May. Um, COVID really had a huge impact on radio listenership, especially drive time. Actually, because, not our full length show, but we have a one minute. Right. We're yeah, we're on a hundred plus stations with our one minute power thought, our I work for him power thought, yeah. which that's really perfect for Christian music stations. But we just realized that people weren't driving anymore at drive time. I mean, literally, you drove. We drove through Atlanta in June, in the middle of the day, and it was like a Sunday morning in Atlanta. There was nobody on the highway. You're like, what happened to the people? It's like, wait, did the rapture happen and we just got left behind? Uh, so what we hire, we try to be really pick authors that are speaking to the everyday Christian worker uh, because so many of them are focused on leaders and business owners, but but there's 55 million people in the workforce that need to be encouraged to connect their faith and their work. They need to be awakened to that idea that God cares about their work and then activated by connecting them to a ministry that will disciple them. 
Mm. Well, hold that thought because I, I do want to just like wrap up one more thing that I noticed on your website that I want our listeners to be aware of. And that is that you too also um, have a major emphasis in a marriage ministry. And of course, I know COVID probably put a, a hold on that or a stop on some of the cruises and the different activities that you've done in the past. So what's going on with that part of your ministry these days? So we do, we have a real passion for um, the covenant of marriage and really um, celebrating marriage and also helping people to see that, you know, when your marriage is struggling, you take that with you to your work. You don't leave that at the door as much as you think you might want to. It, it just can't happen. And the same thing is true. When your work is very stressful, you bring it home into your marriage and it can be very divisive. So we do try to build up marriage in different ways. And Lord willing, we will have a marriage cruise in February of 2021. It is on the books. And as of now, those should be sailing. And um, we just take, you know, 20 couples with us. We spend a long weekend away from the internet, away from children, away from work, and really get to sh- remind them of how important it is to spend time together and what the Bible has to say about that. And this year, our focus is really going to be on entrepreneurial yeah. couples. And, and we did get last year's cruise, this year's cruise in. We got back on the 2nd of March. Uh, which so yeah. we cut it as close as you could be because it was oh. the, like a week after that people were like you can't travel internationally and I mean the the borders have been shut we yeah. we got ours in by the hair in our chinny chin chin <laughs> this year. <laughs> Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform, and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, so let's transition a little bit in the conversation from, okay, that's I Work For Him. And then, of course, what we're doing here in our podcast really grew out of a Bible study that uh, Ben and I started doing at church. So, Ben, why don't you kind of bring that piece of the conversation mm. together with what we hear from Jim and Martha? How did, how did we get started? Yeah, so we, we, taught a, we taught through a book called The Drama of Scripture, which is a, you know, a, a large biblical theology of the whole story of scripture mm-hmm. so it starts the creation goes all the way through the fall israel uh jesus the church and then uh you know the end of the world and you know the new creation that's restored and so it covers all of that through the whole bible and we really enjoyed it and mm-hmm. found it really yes. challenging and uh, kind of changed the way we think about how we read the bible interact with it and then how we live as actors in the story today mm-hmm. and how whatever we're doing on a day-to-day basis is living in a story. And so we want to live in the story that God's given us and we want to do that well. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked a lot about how the story should affect how we view different things, mm-hmm. how the story should impact how we read the Bible, but then also how we live day-to-day. And so you know, I think one of the things that I'm really curious about is, you know, Jim and Martha, as you think about working and how you've spent a lot of time developing a biblical, you know, view of work. Um, how does story fit into that? And how do you how do you help people see the worth of selling used cars, or cleaning up a space, or working in a restaurant, or working at home, or you know, whatever it is? How do you start to you know give people value and weight to what they do in a daily basis in their workplaces? Mm. That's a phenomenal question, Ben. Uh, it, it, it here here's the thing. Jesus was such a great example for all of us. 
And, and when he was hanging out with people here on earth, he didn't really hang out with all the high and mighty people. He hung out with the everyday people. He, he raised, uh, I mean, he hung out with tax collectors. He hung out with IRS officials. Um, you know, he hung, I mean, okay. So he, he hung around with prostitutes, um, uh, people that were just really struggling in life. I mean, he, he, he hung around with really worldly sinful people who were broken and needed hope. And I, I think that that's the biggest message is that he, and he, and he never degraded. He just spoke truth into people and lifted them up no matter what their work was, whether they were fishermen, whether they were a tax collector or whatever their thing would be. I mean, he called some people out of their work. He called the prostitute out of the prostitution business. But the, the whole idea was he lifted everybody up in their work. He didn't say, Hey, leave your work. I want you to go. And he said it to 12 guys, leave your work. Come follow me. I want to make you fishers of men. But he actually never told them to leave their work in entirety. Cause we know that Paul, the apostle, you know, number 13, the apostle, he made tents all the way through his ministry and used it to be active in the marketplace. So you mentioned story. So the, the greatest part about I work for him is the launch, the first two weeks, which Jack didn't know me yet then, um, I thought I would be the next greatest Christian Rush Limbaugh espousing my incredible wisdom about faith and work. Those first two shows and a buddy of mine uh, came up to me and goes, Jim, I don't think that's working. Why don't you why don't you just capture the stories of what God's doing out there in the marketplace? And so we just started interviewing people, which that was my skill. I've been in sales all my life. I've been a commercial sales guy for 25 years. And so in order to be a really good insurance agent, you have to ask a lot of great questions. And so God mm-hmm. had already refined that into me. And so I just started asking people questions and letting them share what God was doing in their lives because we all are inspired by the faith stories of others. That's so true. Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in our mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manuals are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. That's iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore. Thanks for going down. Digital. So what are like, uh, you know, short, you know, in your many years of questioning people in their workplaces, like what are some of the answers that have been most meaningful to you about why the workplace matters? Like as you interview people, like, oh, that's really good. Wow. I, I think around a couple of different themes and one would be where people, um, one that's really profound is that those that have been raised in the church, like Jim and I were from a very young age, we struggled more with connecting our faith in our work than the people that we have met that got to know Jesus as an adult. And they're like, well, of course, if he changed my life, he changes everything. Therefore, it impacts my work. And I think that's been one of the biggest ahas for us. I can remember years ago, personally, we went through Crown Financial Ministries and, and the conversation was, well, when you, were, when you became a believer, when you got immersed in water, um, in your public baptism, whatever it might be, you, a lot of people in their minds hold their wallet out of the waters you know just that visual of i'm gonna not gonna not gonna give my money over to god we do that with our work without even meaning to and say well 
Everybody tells me they have to be, you know, separate, or I've never seen it demonstrated. But when we I've never meet heard it, it preached from the pulpit, exactly. But when we meet someone who met Jesus as an adult, um, they have less of a trouble with this conversation because they're they're like, well, if it, Jesus changed my life. Of course, it, it, of it course, impacts it impacts everything about my life. So, so the one of the great the story that I've told a thousand times. Mm-hmm. We brought together two bicycle ministries in Tampa Bay. One guy um, uh, gathered bicycles, fixed them up, and gave them out to 30 different ministries. The other guy got bicycles and helped homeless people uh, learn to fix bikes. And then if they worked 10 hours, they got a bike for free to be able to take themselves to work. So this guy, we opened up. So I'm just trying to have fun. I'm on a Christian talk radio station. We actually opened up with the Queen song. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. So we opened up a Christian talk radio with a Queen song. And I asked this guy, we always used to ask everybody when we had an hour long show, how'd you meet Jesus? How'd you become a Jesus follower? And this guy goes, well, I was on an LSD trip and Jesus intersected my uh, LSD trip, and I became a Jesus follower ever since. And I started reading the Bible, and I, I, I started doing what the Bible said. I, I realized it said, you know, work with the least of these. I figured that was homeless people, so I wanted to help homeless people. It, it wasn't until later that I realized Christians don't really do that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's was true. that was in the first five minutes of that show. I thought they were going to flip the switch and say, but it was not? it was the well, some of the most profound things for us to hear that you know God intersected him right where he was at. And that when he started reading the Bible, he applied it. Yep. And um, that is how we should live every day. Yeah. Well, you know, when you start talking about faith in the workplace, all of a sudden you have this sort of uh, mental image of somebody standing at the water cooler, you know, and wanting to, you know, um, yep. capture your attention <laughs> with some sort of, head, yeah. you know, just beat you over the head with your, mm-hmm. their Bible or just stick their finger in your face or just start ranting and raving at you. So, you know, or leave so, a track on the back of the toilet yeah, in yeah. the work restroom mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah. but you have some you've developed over the years some really simple, I think doable kind of suggestions as to how to live your live your faith out in the workplace um, in a in another more productive way. Can mm-hmm. you share a couple of those thoughts with us? Yeah, so we have a thing where people can actually make a commitment to join the I Work For Him Nation. And it's it's really just a pledge between you and the Lord. And some of those items are to um, be a person of excellence in what you do. So don't be lazy. Don't cheat. Don't lie. Don't, you know, not do your work. Do it well so that people see that you're living out biblical principles in your work and befriending the people well, that you work with. I mean, this is, this is how it worked out. The I Work Remination Covenant really came from how the Lord revealed my work mattered to Him. Uh, I, I started, to make a long story short, we just came up with, I started praying for my coworkers and employees by name each and every day. People that I interacted with every day, I started praying for them. Then I looked for ways to serve them over and above what my job required me to do. Then I looked for ways to befriend them outside of work so I could actually have a real relationship where they would care about what I thought about. And then I looked ways when they looked like their demeanor was down, like they were having a downtrodden day and I'd ask them, hey, what's going on? And then I'd listen, which that's a good gym skill. I'd listen and then I'd say, can I pray for you about that right now? Mm-hmm. And then I pray for people. Pray but with then, them. Pray with them. Mm-hmm. And then, all, and then, but all along my work had to be excellent because I could have, if I had crappy work, nobody cared about anything else I was doing. But if I had excellent work, all those other things really made it easy. But it all started with prayer for my people I work yeah. with. See, that's so much more helpful and much so much more productive. Even now, when we talk about work or vocation, 
uh, right along the same lines, created in God's image. What does it mean to be created in God's image? And well, how do we image God? Well, we talk about, uh, well, we, we image God by being creative. We image God by uh, being redemptive in re- relationships and so forth. So take the workplace and you look at it and you say, well, how can I be redemptive in this, in this particular workplace? I'm, how can I be creative? What can I invent or what can I fix or how can I help? Uh, the workflow process be a little bit more efficient and effective. And so, uh, you know, so I think there's where some of the intersection is between what God has led you all to do and what uh, burden has been arising in both of our hearts with regard to just helping people look at the story of scripture and not be intimidated by it, but, but see how it is so beautiful, coherent, consistent, and then see, okay, well, if this is true and I'm created in God's image and likeness, then how do I, how do I thrive in this story? Mm-hmm. How do I how do I live out the gospel in a very meaningful way? How do I demonstrate that I'm a Jesus follower? Uh, I like that phrase that you all often use. Mm-hmm. And how do I um, show that uh, I am doing something very meaningful for the king? It really goes back to the word flourishing, Jack. That's what I like to say. You use the word thrive. I like to use the word flourishing. And it's in a, they're very similar words, I'm sure, that when you go to the root word in the Greek or whatever. But we need to understand... God put Adam and Eve in the garden, and he gave them work. And he said, Adam, I want you to name all of the animals. And they're like, holy smokes, what a job that was. And and then God said, but wait a minute, I'm going to help you. I'm going to bring all the animals to you. God worked alongside Adam. That's what he wanted to do with us. He wants to work alongside of us. Then sin entered the world. Very important. God gave us work. Then sin sin entered the world. Most of us think, well, work is a result of sin. It's not. God gave us work first. Then we sinned and work became more difficult, but God still wants to work alongside of us because that's what brings flourishing. Sitting at home, getting a free check is not flourishing. Working by the sweat of your brow, that is flourishing. And I think that's what's, you know, if people could just grasp that. And remember, Martha, one of the first, uh, you know, as I got to know you a little bit through uh, my friendship with Jim, I remember uh, you saying like, nobody ever says on Sunday, you know, what's my Monday going to be like? Or how am I going to be pre- prepare for my Monday? Or how does this impact my Monday? Yeah. You know, okay, I'm listening to this message, but uh, okay, but how does it affect what I'm going to do Monday, yes. Tuesday, Wednesday, through the rest of the week? And that's kind of what we want to do as well. Mm-hmm. Help our listeners to this podcast be able to see that this is uh, a productive way to live, a, a, a flourishing way to live. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you know, and and just embracing what Monday has for us and the the God's provision of work, if we um, are blessed to be able to do something, whatever that might be, doing it to his glory and using the skills. You know, I, for the longest time, I struggled with, I'm the kind of person that I get in the weeds. I like, I'm not the visionary, but you give me the tasks and I'm always thinking, well, how can I do that? And what can I, you know, and I used to feel bad that it was like, I'm not a visionary, but the truth is without me, the visionary can't get their work done. And as soon as I embraced that and realized that's how God made me, let me flourish in that and let me do that in my work. um, It gives a whole new perspective and you, you, you can enjoy how God created you instead of feeling bad. Psalm 139, just realizing that we're created exactly the way the Lord wanted us to be Amen. wired, created. And, and if we can just embrace that and see that we're living out how we've been created in the image and likeness of God mm-hmm. and embrace our work, we will definitely thrive. Well, as we wrap it up, I did want to ask you, and this we probably could do a whole uh, podcast on this and maybe 
maybe there's a part two of this somewhere along the line. But I know you're you always are your your network is rich and you're always interacting with wonderful people. So I'm thinking about the post pandemic church, and uh, I mentioned Tom Rayner uh, has come out with an article, just a brief article, but really a good conversation. I think he started. What are you seeing on the business side as well as on the church side of what church is going to be like, or you know, maybe even some thoughts you have as to what the church should be thinking about? Well, Go ahead. I think not only thinking about it, but actually doing now and not waiting for post to happen. You know, the scripture is very clear where two or three are gathered. Um, you know, that is our our mandate. That is our, our opportunity. And we are doing that already, whether it's on a Zoom call or whether it is a conference call, um, you know, virtual as well as in person, um, even in our own homes, is not waiting for the tomorrow but what are we what can we do today to be the church because the church is all of this the groups of two or three that gather together in any in any way possible you know technology is not the limit there and right. um allowing god to be working in our lives now helping us to impact those that he gives us to steward in our lives. What are we doing with that? So I like to think of it in terms of of now, not waiting for something in the future to happen, but it's going to look different. And But the church is alive if we allow those um, gatherings to make a difference. And if I, if I, the church is, is really key. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jim. Well, I just was going to say, you know, the... The church, we have $9 trillion of the buildings in the United States of America that are churches. Mm. That was not, we never read anything about that in, in the book of Acts. Mm. That, that wasn't his plan. And, and just as God used the death of Stephen to scatter his church across the Roman Empire because they were supposed to go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, I believe that God is using COVID to scatter his church in the neighborhoods of America. Amen. Instead of being behind the four walls, because 65 to 70% of the population wasn't going to church anyway. So we got to bring the church to them. Well, we were talking about bringing it to them in the workplace, because as Jesus followers in a workplace, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees, our bosses may ever meet. Uh, and, And now we're in our neighborhoods, and once we can actually see people in some parts of the country, they're still not allowed to leave their homes, but in most places you can. We need to start ministering to our neighbors. Uh, I, I mean, God brought us, put us, he planted us where we are on purpose. Yeah, we've we've lived sort of this uh, this lie, I would say, you know, come to a service rather than be the church and reach into your community and so forth. We, can't, we, we came to that lie, though, Jack, because we thought that pastors and missionaries were the number one in the kingdom and everybody else is number two. And that was a lie. That's true. So I have one more question before I let you go. Um, now, throw you a I'll throw you an oddball and you guys can take it or leave it. So we're talking about pandemic people in COVID and um, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners might because of COVID either be unemployed or are working from home. Uh, do you have any advice or encouragement for people who are either wanting to work, but can't right now or who are finding themselves in a workplace that they don't really, you know, it's kind of different. It's, you know, out of the ordinary, they got kids running around or they're trying to figure out how do I, do virtual school with my kids while I'm trying to work from home. You have any encouragement for our listeners like that or uh, any, you know, final words you'd like to say to them? You know, I think along the same lines is don't miss the opportunity that's in front of you right now. You may not want to be unemployed, but in this moment, while you're searching for that work, 
Use each and every day that God gives you to the best of your ability and lean into him. My word for 2020 at the beginning was the word deeper. And I believe that, you know, this is an opportunity for us to maybe spend more time with the Lord, to go deeper in the word. Um, Don't miss those opportunities. And at the same time, don't beat yourself up every night for the things that you weren't able to accomplish. And and, uh, realize, again, this is God... You can practice juggling and then some things you need to let go of because they never mattered to begin with. <laughs> and there's a lot of people struggling with how do you how do you teach school for all the elementary school kids and how do you do your job? And this, it is a tough time. This is a time for more prayer as a family than ever before. Uh, and it's also just a prayer for our country uh, because it, it, it is messed up. And the unemployment thing is it's tough because people that have been on unemployment and collecting it, have a lot of them have been making more money on unemployment than they were in their jobs. Not everybody. Uh, And and that was, again, not a really healthy thing. Uh, But there is work out there and the economy is recovering and and it may be harder to find a job right now. But God is in this and he knows, he promised to meet all of our needs and he will do it. He's faithful to do it each and every day. So then one more plug, uh, where can people go to find more information about what you guys are doing? Where can they find your podcast? Where can they, where can they go? They can find our podcast everywhere that you can find podcast. I work the number four him and always online. I work the number four him.com. That's right. And all those resources are right there too. So for people that, um, you know, they can go to the podcast page and get all the links. Um, Our social connections are all at the bottom of the homepage as well. So connect socially. We do a lot of stuff on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, We love to interact with people. And consider making that commitment to the I Work For Him Nation and really be a change agent in your workplace. The website's really easy to use. And so uh, I think you'll enjoy it if you go and find it. So I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, thank you so much yes, for you. helping us out and uh, being part of our podcast for this episode. And so much of what you're doing is just tremendous work. And we are grateful to the Lord for all that. Mm-hmm. So thank you so very, very much. Our for being pleasure. Part of Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Jack. All right. Take care. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number 4him.com